Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hi there, this is John Higgins and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Yes, it is. Yet another edition of 365 Days of Sport, the greatest sports radio show on the planet. And it's been an interesting night so far. Now, just letting you know, we record this show at a radio station in Brighton in southeast Melbourne. And when we just about to record, a couple of hours ago, uh, the guy broadcasting in the next studio, unfortunately, we heard a bit of a shriek and a bit of a thud and turn around to notice that uh, the guy was actually having a seizure on air uh, amazingly enough and uh, both myself and Rob luckily were here to kind of help him out and support him and do whatever we can and um, we managed to ring an ambulance got some great support Rob was there kind of talking to the presenter and looking after him and making sure he was breathing properly and everything else so an hour and a half later fortunately the paramedics came and they've taken him away to the hospital but uh, we have to make special mention to the paramedics we really do Uh, and in this instance Helen, Steph and Louise did an absolutely fantastic job they got here very very quick look paramedics have had a bad rap recently they get assaulted through no fault of their own um they don't get paid huge amounts for doing it they just do it to save people and make people feel better about themselves and get them out of dodgy situations but um absolute credit to the local emergency services and um rob as well absolute great job in making him feel comfortable and making sure he was okay well, as people know, this is a, a less than serious show, but uh, yeah. that was not something to not to be taken seriously. Uh, no, that's right, and it's, it's you can't make jokes out of it because, um, mm. look, in all honesty, the guy's gone to hospital. Um, he's not out the woods. In yeah. all, let's be fair about it. It's um, it's is very harrowing to see, and uh, when the, when people have seizures like that, and my advice to anyone that's you know, if you come across somebody injured or you know, has been in an accident or whatever, is Try and remain as calm as you can and make mm. them feel as comfortable as you can, even though they may not be responding like <laughs> like uh, this fellow was in this instance. So, um, you know, it's uh, very difficult. But what is good to know is the support from the call centre at the ambulance side of things. They will talk you through everything and do whatever they can to keep somebody staying alive, basically, and um, being a bit kind of calm about it and if the more you free out freak out the more you may upset someone that may be injured and that's no good for anyone so well, uh, one thing i think people who listen to this show regularly if yeah. they were knowing that uh there was a situation a serious situation with which something needed to be solved quickly given what we talk about on the show yeah we probably wouldn't be the first two people that would spring to mind to try and no. help resolve the situation. But nope. surprisingly enough, managed to act very quickly. The beef man, although he's uh, thanked me very much, he actually, this is not a man who hesitates. No, no. Uh, yeah, he did have to ask me what the emergency number was. Yeah, I was a bit confused yeah. between 999-911 yeah. and yeah. I was just making sure. It was in New Zealand. Triple uh, one. It's tri- See, they're all different. Why isn't? What's Britain? 999. Okay. America's 911. Why aren't they the same all over the world? It would save, possibly save lives. It (laughs) It would possibly save lives. Um, Yeah, Rob's right. I had to make sure that it was triple O. I I know in New Zealand there was at one point, there's so many um, American shows there, rescue 911, this 911, that they had to start uh, letting people know. 
there's that, one um, one one. There was one one one. Wow. Yeah. So you were saying they had to they had to come up with an advertising campaign to remind people it was one one one. I'm not, not sure it was a campaign. It was more on the news that it was happening. Okay. It was happening regularly. Yeah. So uh, they uh, reinstilled the triple one back into the um, hearts and minds of the New Zealand people. Yeah. To think calmly and clearly in the in the face of. Uh, a desperate situation. Yeah, desperate situation. So we have to thank, I've got to say, the, the people, Helen, Steph, and Louise, who were the paramedics that came around and uh, were excellent. And like I said, I, I have so much respect for the paramedics around Melbourne because they have, let's face it, they've they cop shit mm-hmm. from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the media, the press, or people in general. It's Unfortunately, it is drug addicts and stuff like that who react badly. And they get assaulted regularly, and they're not paid enough in my in my books, in all honesty. And uh, I know my partner obviously works at the Alfred in um, acute care. It's a thankless job, and um, yeah, we were a small part in um, in that whole process. And uh, mm-hmm. let's just fingers crossed that we've, we've uh, done we've done our part. We did we did our bit, good. Rob. Yeah, um, we have a, a small problem, a much smaller problem than our friend who's just gone off in the ambulance, yeah. and that is. This is supposed to be a reasonably amusing, hilarious <laughs> yeah. show. We talk about nothing serious. No. We have to somehow transition our own minds away from uh, a fairly traumatic uh, yeah. last, last 90 minutes to now trying to entertain. We're professionals, though, Rob. How do we do this? Well, do you know what? I've not had to do this before. <laughs> I've had maybe the, a, a day that wasn't so great. Just a day? I still had to, had to come All through. Right. But yeah. not like a harrowing incident within just yeah. a short space of time like that. Um, is, is this appalling thing that this is what I'm thinking about at this point in time? How, how are we going to do the, the show and make it? No, really. It's, no, it is. I'm life, being honest. Sometimes it's life-changing, things yeah. like that. Yeah. I played cricket years ago. A guy uh, Welsh in Wales, Nick Rabiotti, he was called, mm. had a massive heart attack on the field. Mm. And luckily, it was a six-side tournament. Luckily, there were like four doctors playing right uh, there, and they managed to bring him round. And mm. Nick, uh, Nick is—he's uh, had a pacemaker, and uh, he went back for a checkup, which is this is the strangest thing. So he had to give up the drink and everything else. He was a mm. fairly decent drinker, old Nick Rabs, right? And um, went back to the doctor for a checkup, and the pacemaker they put in obviously monitors, and yeah. um, so he actually died on the field. By the way, it was right. a heart attack, and he was gone for all gone. money, and they brought him round yeah. and CPR and all that stuff. And when he went back for the checkup, they actually told him he died. Another six times between right uh, between getting the pacemaker fitted and the okay. end back. So Just the asleep. pacemaker, well, in general, but mm-hmm. the pacemaker kicks in and kicks your heart going. Oh, so right. yeah, so they actually told him, oh well, Nick, you need to kind of uh, look after yourself yep. and because uh, you've actually died six times between there, right. then and now. So, uh, so it's quite uh, amazing. He, he another another he, he could go try and fulfil the uh, nine lives of the cat. <laughs> yes, a human. He was version. a wicket keeper as well. Okay, yeah. What's so, that got to do well, with, the, sometimes we keepers relevant? are called the cats, aren't are they? they? Yeah, I've not heard that. Ian Smith, he was called the cat or fat right. cat or Greg Ritchie. No, anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. You're right. I the just it's like the a goal, goalkeeper. Goalkeepers generally are called cats. Okay, but wicket keepers. Ian that. Smith called his book uh, just a drummer in the band. Did he? Yeah, bit have, of an insult to drummers. Have you read that what? book? Because uh, uh, he's quite funny, Ian Smith at times. He's all right. Yeah, I don't think I have read that one. I've only read Martin Crowes. Really, have you? Yeah. Have you read any Australian ones? Nah, Kerry- I'm, not, I'm not a big biography reader. Kerry O'Keefe's is quite Whenever good. I read one about a band, I oh, read yeah. the first, the rise when they get there, yeah. like the ride where they go from nothing to something. Right. And then, then once they're massive, it's just the same story every time. <laughs> too many <laughs> just- girls, too many drugs. 
All goes, it's well, infighting, that's, shambles. That's rock and roll for you. Yeah, riff raff. Riff raff. Um, Kerry O'Keefe is quite funny. That's quite a good one. Okay. Um, Merv Hughes has got one. It's called uh, Dear Merv, which is quite good. Big Merv. It's about letters that they used to get from fans and people along when he was getting in his career. Like even letters from the Australian Cricket Board telling him he's been, he's been selected. Be in quite the, enjoyable. It was. It yeah. is quite good. Okay. Um, there was another one that's uh, Steve Smith. Writing autobiographies what? at 23 and things like that. He, he wrote an autobiography? I believe he did. Well, wow, that's going to change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, did you see... Why would you do that? Oh. What's That's just... I haven't read casual. Michael Clark's, but I can imagine it's the most boring book on earth. It's probably all about him um, being an autobiography and all uh, that. I think it'll just be the Shane Watson incident. Yeah, just um, don't care. Um, I've got some news, actually, Rob. I'm going to play Ready? this first. Okay. You take the good, you take the bad, oh, you take the good. I think I know what's coming, Rob. I'm going to let this play underneath us. I'm going to bed it in. So it's going to run. Normally, the facts of life comes at the end. Yeah. But myself and Rob, we've had this harrowing incident tonight. And the worst thing is, Charlotte Ray has died at 92. Yes. The um, life, uh... She played the wise and patient house mother yep. to a brood of teenage girls <laughs> on the long-running sitcom The Facts of Life during a career that encompassed many other TV roles as well as stage and film appearances. She was 92. Ray died at the Los Angeles home on Sunday. I love this. She was 92, remember, Rob? Mm-hmm. A cause of death was not immediately available. Well, why was why did it need to be immediately available? I don't know. It's in the report. Um, okay. But she was suffering from bone cancer after beating pancreatic cancer. And she was 92, Rob. Okay. But I think people th- expect to live forever nowadays. I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. Um, did you know she was also in different strokes? I didn't know that. Yeah. She I was... thought they would have been on at the same time. Well, I, the well, thing she, is, I've never seen. Like a neighbor. I've never seen Facts of Life, so I don't. We don't know. Well, basically, the but what you've told me is probably yeah, right. It's it's a bunch of orphaned girls in a. Oh no, I was going to say halfway. Well, house. I'm going to actually say actually uh, in a halfway <laughs> house. Um, so the worst, the strange thing is, she played Mrs. Garrett in 1978 in Different Strokes, and they gave her a spin-off series called Facts. What? Amazingly enough. Yeah, Mrs. Garrett went on to a spin-off series called Facts. The same character. Yeah, from different strokes. Then after Facts came the Facts of Life. Yeah, there you go. You're on the money there. But was Uh, she still the same character in Facts of Life? No. I don't think so. Oh, they should have gone for it. They should have. They should have stuck with it. Because I I don't know. We haven't seen the Facts of Life. Me, personally, you should be telling us that. Mm. Was she Mrs. Garrett in the Facts of Life? To be fair, I actually haven't seen it since (laughs) I was about four. Yeah, that's true. So the Facts of Life... Did you know it was uh, Lisa Welchel, Nancy McKeon, and Molly Ringwald were the kids on Facts Molly of Life? Ringwald, I didn't yeah. know that. That yeah, I, should, I didn't know. I didn't know that actually. Uh, now that you say it, do you know what? You know who Molly Ringwald is? Yeah, I do. Yeah, um, Mrs. Garrett. She was Edna Garrett in Facts of Life. So she went different strokes, facts, then Facts of Life. So it was the same same character. character. Wow! Right. Oh, we're discovering things. Wow, that that is actually quite a revelation. You're learning stuff now. Yeah. The series was praised for dealing with such sensitive issues of teenage of of teenhood. Teenage. No, uh, it's teen-aid. all about aiding teens. It's all about the teenage. Yeah. Um, no, such sensitive issues of teenhood, such as sex, drug use, eating disorders, and peer pressure. Very progressive. Yeah. From the time it came out. Gosh. Um, her last hard hitting facts. Hard hitting facts from uh, Facts of Life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, her last feature film credit was Ricky and the Flash with Meryl Streep. 
in 2015. So she was still acting at 89. What a champion. Wow. Um, that was the same year she released her autobiography called The Facts of My Life. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Just one extra word. One Great extra title. word. There you go. Um, now, are you amazed? That only because of this show, because I chose that theme song yep. for a segment, you're reading this out right now. That's exactly right. Otherwise, I wouldn't have even known. You wouldn't even read it. Who's Charlotte Ray? Yeah. I wouldn't have even cared. Um, she also starred, I don't know about starred, she was also in the 2008 comedy Don't Mess with the Zohan and 2012 thriller Love Sick Love. Don't Mess with the Zohan, I've heard of that. That was Ben Stiller, possibly. Okay. Adam yeah. Sandler? Yeah. One of those. Yeah. Apparently, um, she had a 25-year marriage, and then her husband confessed to being gay, so they split up. <laughs> Larry Strauss, I think. Um, he confessed to... Gary Strauss, I should say. Confessed to the world, or just confessed to her? Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. So she was oblivious too? She got to, you got to wonder. He confessed to her that he was gay and had been having an affair with another man. Mm. So yeah, so uh, long live the facts of life. And I wonder, uh, I wonder how now that feels when that happens when um, they go back to the other team like that. Like, it'll be kind of a relief. Like a lot of, explains a lot of things, or would it be I, more like this is I'm she's he he or she is so repulsed by me. She's now gone on the other team. Well, I think we've established now uh, in life we're a pro gay show. Obviously, oh, clearly, um, I think the so fact that you're it's in your inner it's, being. It's, I think the right. fact you just don't want to be with. Yeah. Uh, whether if you're a girl, you don't want to be with men, or if you're a bloke, but you don't want to be with But then sometimes girls. people do, that they're a genuine proper buys. Genuine proper buys. Yeah. I'm not up with this LGBTICQ and all that rubbish, though, because you can be... Is it getting cu- longer, is oh, it, the acronym mate, it's now? it's getting ridiculous. Okay. Transgender and... Of the transgender And stuff? all the curious side mm. of things. Not that right. curious, me. It's amazing how prominent the transgender thing is when there's 0.01% of the population. True. Mm. We're looking at you, Hannah Mancy. <laughs> And Bruce Jenner. Pretty high profile, aren't they? It's Caitlyn Jenner, by the way. He was Bruce. Yeah. He was Bruce. There's Apparently, you're not allowed to say their old name. Really? Yeah, once they've changed over. That's it. It's all over. It's like, it's a, it's a shame. What happens if they're just dressing in women's clothing, but they've still, they're still donged up? Um, Can you use that well, verb? It doesn't affect me, uh, I think. Uh, but what do you mean, what happens? Oh, what about your mate in work? What, what do you mean? What? No, that was Johnny's... Johnny's sister's work, where where some guy just turned up after New Year's said, I was, okay, I used to be Saeed, now I'm called Sarah. Saeed? And and he's just sitting there, he's changed nothing at all. Just put a dress on. Just put a wig on. And a wig. And a dress. Well. Look, go go for it. Do what you got to do. That's it. Do what you got to do. Be a little understanding if I do tend to start giggling. Rob is a bit of a giggler. Actually, talking about giggling, um, a completely nude man went streaking in the outfield during the ninth inning of Saturday's baseball game between the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays. A baseball streaker. Baseball streaker. Totally nude as well. Okay. Um, The fan was tackled by security and ushered off the field. Hmm. The streaker's friends later showed off the man's clothes and said the stunt was all for an $80 bet. $80? Yeah. What was the fine? Well... It's even worse than that. It's worse than eighty. I'm sure. No, I'm sure it's worse than eighty. Oh well, in oh, Melbourne, yeah, the, the consequences overall are worse. The Melbourne, it's like nine thousand, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, 
the man may soon regret his decision. The streaker is an Irish citizen living in Vancouver oh, and may be deported. What a disaster. Um, so this is uh, from uh, whoever's reported this. It Irish. says, according to my source with the King County Sheriff's Office, last night's streaker is still incarcerated. Since he is an Irish national, he could now be deported. Charges are very serious. All this because his buddies bet him $80 he wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so he may not be able I don't know yeah. whether it's in Seattle or Toronto mm. Oh actually if he was living in Vancouver It's probably in Seattle So he's actually crossed the border as well He may be deported back to Canada mm. He may not even be deported back to Ireland Right um, So yeah for 80 bucks Yeah He could not I'm, I'm guessing he's sitting in the cell right about now Just going ah bollocks <laughs> Ah yeah. God, God damn me bollocks Well that's it don't streak uh, Like I said I think Melbourne is something ridiculous It's nine th- over $9,000 for all of you listening on Southern Emmy, you just got a taste of 365 Days of Sport Radio Show. Oh, what a night. What a, they've heard everything. Could this night get any better? There'd be people ringing up going, why aren't these guys on every week? Wasn't he? Oh. That's a classic. <laughs> we're still going. All right. I'm just well, going to let you know. I think it's fair to we say got, we're a bit rattled. We're a bit rattled today. I'm just going to let you know what's happened. We, we're recording the show, and I've turned the other studio on because obviously the, the other studio was empty <laughs> through reasons we've explained. And um, instead of switching to record uh, when we record the show, I have honestly, I've switched it to live. <laughs> so we've actually broadcast to the whole of Melbourne and all over live on the internet, by the way. So the first... <laughs> The first part of this show has been broadcast live, so uh, I tell you what, they've got a, the listeners to uh, Southern FM 88.3, the sounds of the Bayside, have got a bloody treat. They've been having uh, Beefy and Rod chat about uh, streakers and the, the facts, facts of, of life. life, Charlotte Ray dying, R.O.P. Yeah, hopefully you've, uh, they've been entertained, because uh, I tell you what, it's fun, fun, fun. Uh, the phones they're... ain't ringing out off the hook. <laughs> it is, luckily it's late. We... Uh, Oh man, we're like Rob said. Uh, the beef. I was just about to go on about how much I enjoyed the um, enjoy the brutal, honest stupidity of a of a good honest streak. Have Have you well, been why involved? Why is the fine actually so severe on a streak in Australia or well, in just general? in general? Like okay, to so, stop people doing it. Well, yeah, but is it but streaks, really? That I agree with you because streaking is good natured fun. It's good right, you're not going to attack anyone. And has it really put the athletes off that much? No, obviously, they love the guy, it. obviously, the guy that tackled him. That time in the rugby Simons. match, that was a bit ridiculous. Oh, yeah, the rugby ones. Rugby match, the guy was running for the winning try, actually. Yeah, the guy yeah. came on and tackled And that's not okay. No. Um, he's just got to kick a goal or something, a kick conversion, and there's some guy runs across the field with his bollocks out. <laughs> he, he can concentrate. You know, you should have enough. You should be professional enough yeah. to ignore a set of bollocks. You should be. Yeah. The problem is, if you, you don't... get paid millions of dollars yeah. to ignore sets of bollocks. <laughs> but if you don't... If you don't set precedent, if you don't stop it in its tracks, it could happen at a crunch time of the of a game. That's the problem. Yeah, but that's, that's the issue. Uh, well, obviously, you can't run into, into the live actual game, and t- you know, with cricket, there's plenty of. I, I went to years ago. It was the Champions Trophy, mm-hmm. right? Cricket. Remember that cricket tournament they used to have? Yeah. And I was at the Oval. It was uh, Australia, New Zealand. Yep. And the game kind of is it the knockout one, is it? Uh, 2004 it was. Was it knockout? I think it was groups. You used to play in groups of three. Yeah. And you used to play two games. You used okay. to get rid of the crap, and then yeah, it yeah, went yeah. in. Then it was it's knockout. sort of a mini World Cup. It was. And it, well, originally it was designed to be played in places like Kenya 
and Namibia mm. because they were trying to generate funds to promote cricket in those countries. Right. But then India got involved and, no, no, we're having this money. It's mm-hmm. our money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it never went any further, basically. Okay. So 2004, that's when England should have won that tournament and the wicketkeeper for West Indies in the final, I think they were chasing 280 in the final. They were about 100 for six, the Windies, and the mm. wicketkeeper, Wavell Hines, possibly, or someone got 100 late on. and Junior Murray. Ridley Jacobs, possibly. Ridley Jacobs! <laughs> uh, got lots of runs late on with the tail and won the game. It was ridiculous. Anyway... Okay. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, and in the game, finished early. Uh, the one big stand at the over, they were building the, the yeah. even bigger stand at the end. Yeah. Uh, the Australian and Kiwi fans took it in turns to try and break through the security barriers. So they were trying to run on the field. There was no players on the field, but they were taking in turns, and they'd, be, they'd had a few. Uh, and then the, the security guards were trying to tackle them. Like, mm-hmm. it was just ridiculous. And it just kept going. It was wave after wave of people. So, so you know, uh, but it was alternate. Ki- a Kiwi would run through and he'd get tackled to the ground and get carted off. Then an Aussie would have a go to see if he could break through. And when a couple broke through, but they didn't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so when they broke through the tackle, it was like, oh, we'll just keep going. And they get chased around by people. It was, And then, so there was two teams of security guards. It was the green team and the blue team, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, so when somebody jumped on the field, it was, they, the other team so if a Kiwi jumped on the Aussies were talking green team green team to, for the security guards to try and tackle them right it was quite funny it was this has been on and on it was it was a good 40 minutes Maybe I reckon was security guards enjoying it too they, must they were in the end but it was, yeah. I think they were getting a bit bored because of, they were okay. just having to tackle people and cart them off <laughs> And in the end, the police came out and tried to stop everything. But it was okay. quite funny. It was kind of hilarious at the well, time. Well, that's a proper... But it's a new sport. I've decided. Uh, it's going to be Competitive streaking. Competitive streaking. And it'd be heavily funded to cover the... Heavily, heavily, yeah. Yeah, but I actually saw one the other day. It was a streaker at ice hockey. Well, that's poorly, that's cold. That's a very poor. Decision. And the best thing was he got tackled by the umpire. Okay, you know, oh, obviously the referee didn't have ice skates on. No, he was on yeah. bare feet. I actually think he had shorts or pants on, but he got tackled to the ice. Oh, it was cold, man. That would be and it would that, crazy, that crazy would Canadians. I don't think it took a lot to knock him off his feet, considering the the umpire hit him about fifty miles on Canadians skates with their flaming uh, beer mile stuff they do up oh, there. Oh yeah, they love that. Love a bit of beer mile stuff. Um, I've actually got some cricket news. You remember that Welsh team that got penalised because um, they declared yeah, they declared, and they they declared to win the league? Yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, there's more cricket shenanigans going on. This time it's not Wales, it's Somerset. A batsman in Somerset League match was denied a century when a bowler took matters into his own hands. Uh, an English cricket club is promising disciplinary action against a bowler who allegedly, and this is an interesting term, threw a no-ball six to deny a batsman a century. An unnamed Purnell Cricket Club bowler produced what one player described as the worst cricketing moment of my life with minehead batsman Jay Durrell, 95 not out, and his team requiring five runs to win the Somerset League Division 2 match. Uh, The bowler then threw the ball over the rope for a no-ball six to end the game with Durrell stranded short of his maiden century. Um, news of the incident quickly spread with former England batsman Rob Key making his thoughts clear when it, when it was mentioned during a 2020 blast commentary. How average is that? That is appalling, Key said. Uh, there's a but wouldn't tw- he have to bowl the ball again? Well, they won the game, see? They only need five but, to win. Yeah, yeah, but still. No, no ball no, six. They've no. gone past the total. That's, That's it. It's it. all over. 
says, uh, Gus uh, tweeted, Today I witnessed the worst cricket moment of my life. Mine Cricket 2's needed five runs to win. Jay Darrell was on 95 not out, and he's never scored a league ton. Purnell's bowler threw, in capital letters, the ball for a no-ball six. <laughs> Embarrassing! So, uh, says, Aru Woodward, I've played and seen a lot of cricket in my time. I've never seen anything like that before. Mine Cricket 2 is a young lad on for his first ton, and the bowler throws it over the ropes, and then he laughed about it. (laughs) Credit to his team, they were just as disgusted. So, Mine Cricket Club then uh, replied, not nice to see, but more to the point. Great innings, great win. Respect to the Purnell CC captain who apologised to the batsman on behalf of his bowler, but some things just can't be undone, Rob. <laughs> Pennell CC later tweeted the unsavory scenes to end the game can't be condoned, and both the captain and the player made full and sincere apologies to those involved after the game. Darrell, meanwhile, was philo- philosophical, posting on social media. Hell of a game today. Shame the way it ended, but oh well. Ninety-five. Uh, is there any footage of the uh, delivery? Uh, it's a second team game, so probably not. Nah. Unless he worded his mates if he, up. Tried, if he did go for a straight arm and, and bowled it for six, like, or if he just threw well, it's, it. it says through. He yeah. must have just run in and just launched it over the top of the keeper, straight <laughs> or somewhere. But it wasn't a, a team consultation. He just took it on himself. He thought oh, this, this is going to be classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will be funny. <laughs> <laughs> in a second team game as well Somerset yeah. League's not that strong either oh, my well, but he didn't get to have his older brother telling him about Wonderarm true mm. did you see Jimmy Anderson playing golf in the week nah you haven't seen it nah you know what I was thinking about the other day when he told me about that delivery in New Zealand domestic cricket that he bowled it it smashed back at the bowler and it, oh, his yeah. header went for six yeah I've seen that footage oh have you I still, I've watched it. I still can't believe it goes for six. It has to be Eden Park. But Eden Park, the main ground? Well, or? I think it's actually Eden Park number two. Okay, that's quite a big ground. Yeah. Anyway. Jahit Raval, he's, he's not a big hitter. I'm going to play this for you. Oh, oh no. Oh, my God. Is it you? Is that you? This is Jimmy Anderson playing golf. Oh, no. Oh, my God. He's hit the ball into his own head. What? Off a, oh, off no. a tree? Oh, my no. God. He has hit it into his own head. So he topped it so severely it went straight up into his own head. Well, not even topped it. He's got underneath it. It's in like soft, it's in soft, it's like a bit of uh, tree barks and stuff. And it's really soft, fluffy. So he's actually come right under it. It's got off the 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 top top of the toe. Or top of the, you can't have the top of the toe. It's come off the top of the club. Hit him straight in the head. Oh, that's a... Bit of a disaster, and it's it's actually but it's, it's it's actually flying. nigh on impossible to to do that. If you tried to do it, there's no way on earth you could do it. What's the injury? Uh, well, apparently it's okay. Just okay. whacked him in the jaw, kind of on the okay. bang. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's the weirdest thing. He's yeah. literally got under it. It's hit himself in the face. So he's right. A freakish sport moment. Freakish sport moment. I don't know if he's a good. Well, most Test cricketers are actually decent golfers. Yeah, um, he's not a very good batsman. True. I just noticed he's playing golf right-handed. He ah, bats left-handed. Richard Hadley was like that. Okay. He bat left-handed and and played golf right-handed. That's right. mental. And bowl right-handed. Mark Taylor, this is the old story. Mark Taylor was off one playing golf, one handicap left-handed, and like four right-handed. Really? Allegedly, yeah. Why did he bother doing both? Don't know. Ronnie what, O'Sullivan. What's he trying to prove? Friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, well, you know the story. We interviewed him. Um he was playing against Alain Robidoux, the French Canadian. Mm. He was oh, yeah, he was four yeah. 0 down in the Premier League match, and he was playing rubbish. Yeah, right handed. Yeah, so he screwed. It. He said, "Stuff it." Played left handed. Won the next four frames. Left handed. Yeah, switched back to right handed. Lost five four. 
<laughs> it's a great. He loves that story, Ronnie O'Sullivan. And then they had a go at him for taking a piss yeah. that, it, that he was playing left-handed. Yeah. They thought, oh, that's unprofessional. So he actually had to play against Rex Williams, who was like the 1973 world champion or something. Mm. He claimed he wasn't taking the piss. He actually said, I can play left-handed. They actually made him play Rex Williams, who was about probably 50, 60 at the time. Mm. And Ronnie O'Sullivan beat him 4-0 left-handed. Crikey. To make sure that he, he just was go, genuinely yeah, playing that. left-handed. That's how good Ronnie is, by the way. Friend I, of the show. I'm the least amidextrous person going, I I'm can't. I'm pretty rubbish left-handed, I, yeah. I can't kick left-handed. Nobody, I bat, nobody I bat, can I bat, kick I bat, left-handed. I bat left-handed. Oh, do you? Bowl right-handed, yeah. Why? Why do you bat left-handed? Because my, you know, in cricket, the right, the top hand's the dominant hand on the bat. Yes. My, I think my right is so much stronger than my left, um, I bat left-handed because the top hand's wow. the dominant hand. Yeah. But you golf right-handed? Nah. Oh, you golf left-handed? Yeah. And you that right? Just, it's just that motion. That you right left-handed? That, that batting. No, everything one-handed, right-handed. Just Apart just, from golf and cricket? Golf, cricket, hockey, baseball, just that, that motion. Wow. I never knew that about you, Rob. Yeah, well, Never knew that about you. Yeah, bang. That's tremendous. It's quite special. My dad and my brother are the same. Matthew. He doesn't listen to the show because he doesn't nah, like... Nah, doesn't like getting mentioned. Doesn't like getting mentioned. In, in any way, shape or form. Matt Bryce. Anyway, what else have I got here? Beef jerky news. Oh. Or beef jerky fun fact. I even forgot about beef jerky. Did you? Yeah, we, yeah. Actually, we've got to mention our sponsors, by sponsors, the way. Yeah. Uh, part, uh, look... Uh, in all fairness, um, I'm going to make a donation to Victorian Paramedics, but as part of the sponsorship deal from our sponsors, Jack Links. It is the best beef jerky in the world, so we thank Jack Links for being involved with the show. North American pioneers evolved the drying process, Rob. Folks who ate jerky were generally explorers, cowboys, and Native Americans. The simplest method for drying meat was to string it up on ropes and then hang it on the outside of the wagon cover, which is called the hang-up method. Yep. And it would soak up the hot sun for two or three days until it was cured. Then it was packed in bags and stored for future use. Great. Beef jerky fact of the day. There it is. That's tremendous, isn't it? Yeah, educating the world. What more can you want to know about beef jerky apart from it's really high in protein? It's good for your astronauts. Eat it. NASA's been giving it to astronauts since the mid-90s, Rob. Yeah. We know this. Hey, Um, you know what? You know what I've decided? What have you decided? Have you got more jerky stuff? They've just opened a new office in uh, Northwood, Minnesota, by the way, Jack Links. It's an, it's an office. It's, it's not an emporium. No, it's just an office, yeah. Okay, just the one emporium. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to go too far on that. Uh, it's time to get serious on the boxing training. Oh, okay. Well and truly. I'm way too heavy. Not, way too heavy. i got to lose 10 kg. 10? Yeah, to get down to 81. Are you 91 now? Yeah. Oh, Wow. That's yeah. heavy. That's heavyweight as well. If that's, you if you yeah, live that's at, heavyweight. I know if you're over ninety one, you're in heavyweight division. So if if people don't know, Rob has uh, entered the Asia Pacific Masters Games on the Gold Coast uh, from the seventh of November. Uh, he has entered in the uh, boxing arena. Yes, mm. the boxing arena. Yeah. Uh, the weight classes. Rob's generally in real life about eighty four. On, nah, a, on a fit, on a fit that's, level. That's, that's pretty, yeah. So, right. like, when we're doing 365 at the start, or around Dubai time, I got I was probably around there, 83, 84. Okay, 83, 84. Now, the weight limit, the weight classes, the ones that are going to be relevant to Rob, one is uh, light heavyweight, which is 81 to 91, mm. and then the heavyweight division is 91 to 105. Yeah. So, basically, if Rob can get under 81, which is going to be a massive ask, then he will be quite a big lad in that in uh, super middle yeah in effect so um basically 
the the idea would be to get as low as you possibly can. But mm. unfortunately, if you get to eighty two. You're going to be fighting blokes that are 90 and a half, yeah. which is quite a big difference. Big difference. Yeah, so I'm not not so keen on that. But I just felt when I was lighter, even before I went to the States, when I was like 86, yeah. it just moved so much better. Oh, like, yeah. I'm just feeling, like, terrible now. Right. Like, and I watched the Freddie Flintoff documentary. Yes, from Lords to the from Ring. From Lords to the Ring, and he's, man, he get, he lose 20 kg. He was training four six. to six hours a day. Yeah. For seven days a week. Yeah. Whereas you're training, boxing training, two uh, hours a week. Yeah, that's right. With a bit of running, yeah. drinking, smoking. He did a bit of punching in the face, though, oh, this did time. He? Yeah. I haven't been doing any running. That's why. Ah, uh, see? It's just, just winter's cold, It's winter. Man. Yeah, I agree with you. It's not good enough. But honestly, if I don't get my act together immediately, uh, I'm just a bit worried. So that I can't, I can't fake this. Right. So it's not like the beer mile where you can just be an idiot. True. If I'm completely honest, I didn't really care how I did in the beer mile because it's completely ridiculous. This is actually an assessment of something I've been doing on and off for about eight years right, without yeah, yeah. actually fighting anyone. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a big shock actually getting punched. I just need to get lighter because I can just tell I'm not moving as well. It's well, sluggish. We'll work on it. Let's, uh, Jack Links have launched uh, a Biltong variant in the UK, by the way, just literally uh, two weeks ago. I had an eight-course lunch in Tasmania on the weekend, by Eight-course or a degustation menu. It was pretty good. It was awesome. So Jack Links have launched uh, Biltong recipe that's pretty good and it says gluten-free low fat contains protein and appeals to health conscious consumers rob good the brand said on the go snacking at home consumption are two biggest purchase occasions for the ambient snacking category so get on the beef jerky the built-on variant and uh, that should help you turn uh, into a lean mean fighting machine do you think it'll be a good day or a bad day when they make a beef jerky vegan substitute. Tofu jerky. They have that. I don't know. Well, can, can, can you they, dry can you, tofu? Can you, can you even call it? No. You can't dry Halloumi. it. Halloumi. Halloumi jerky? That's cheese. <laughs> I know it is cheese, isn't it? Cheese jerky. <laughs> cheese jerky. Well, well, what does the word jerky actually mean We're on its own? Without um, beef in front of it. Just dried. It means dried I, meat. Does it mean meat? Probably does, to be honest. Surely you have that in your research. Oh, sorry, Rob. I'm just working out what built-on variants are coming on in the Jack Link's range. Um, I would imagine jerky just means yeah, it probably is dried meat. Dried meat because so it's prefaced so, so by beef. By so beef, if, if you had springbok jerky, it's dried springbok meat. Turkey jerky or turkey jerky. Sure, okay, we could have figured that out. It's probably an unnecessary question. And don't forget, jerky comes from what? Could have figured that out. or something from the Native American word for dried meat. Good. Anyway, actually, we've got to mention mesita as well. They've been a sponsor of our show since show one. I think we should mention them. Mesita, yeah. it's a Dutch sportswear company. They are very, very prominent in Holland in the Dutch football. That's soccer to Australians. Uh, Dutch football scene, sponsor five of the top Dutch clubs. Fairly new in Australia, but here's the absolute clincher. It's great quality, low prices, and if you do a deal with Mesita, they will sponsor your club. They will actually give you money to buy more Masita gear. It's an unbelievable package. Mm. So uh, get hold of Masita, masita.com.au, one three hundred Masita. Tell them Beefy and Rob sent you, and they will give you even more money. They've got community partners, Rob, like Samsung, TCL, uh, Hewlett-Packard. You can't get bigger brands than that. You can't get bigger. <laughs> Word of truth.
It is rumored that the main reason that Andrew Gaff threw the punch was in fact because he was a massive fan of WWF wrestler from the 1980s, ravishing Rick Rude, and he desperately wanted to take part in the upcoming Royal Rumble at the MCG. He intends to call himself Andrew, the causer of Gaff. The causer, the causer of gaff. The causer of gaff. Love it. He made a gaff there. He did. The yeah. causer of gaff. Mm. How good is that? Well, it's uh, it's quite the revelation. Eight weeks, again, eight weeks suspension in the end. Apparently, punishing, hiding that. Just Should have one, been one punch. I'm not sure. Is AFL Aussie rules to uh, non-Australians? Is it the only sport not to have a red card? Not to have a send off or an ejection to our American friends. I, I don't. I I can't think of another game that doesn't have that. I can't think of one either. And I, I know. Well, I mean, a maybe few like sports. Chess. You can be disqualified and yeah, kicked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our drunk friend got kicked out in the end. Yeah, for not playing did. fair. Fair. I know. Not playing fair. On so himself. you can't. I mean, look. Individual sports, you can be disqualified, right? Team sports, you get sent off, ejected, simbined, whatever. But AFL just has nothing. You can go ahead and kill the other 18 players and still finish the game. Yeah. You might get arrested. Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't think that would finish the game, actually. Probably not. They love... Because uh, they, they don't want to get sent I off. Think, uh, that they'll, they'll draw the line somewhere. Okay. Go and call, like, karate fighting. You could. Just don't pull out any weapons. But any well, any type of, like, uh, fist fight... Yeah. Or brazen uh, physical fisty cuffs uh, in a group capacity, a brawl, a brawl. You can you can say, oh, "Look, go on, get back to it, get back to the game, lads." Yeah, we'll de- tribunal deal with See, it you s- right now. You go, you go on about not bringing a weapon out. Those guys go, "Oh, he just kicked me. I got my bollocks are hanging out." You know, but it's just they got to get on with it. They that, do. They just the got to get on with it. Yeah. So, for those of you that don't know and don't follow Aussie rules. What's happened is there's a game between West Coast and Fremantle, Perth Derby. Yes. Or the Derby, as they call it over there. 100 metres behind play. The Aussie Rules field, if you don't know, is, is about 180 metres long. It's a cricket field. It's a big oval. 100 metres away from the ball, one of the West Coast players has punched this Fremantle youngster. He's only 18, this Brayshaw. Punched him in the mouth, knocked him out, broke his jaw, dislodged four teeth. Right? The game has carried on because... There is no red card or send-off offence in the Aussie Rules League. So what we're debating now is why he should have been sent off and mm. West Coast should have been down to 17 players. But here's the consequences. Because there is no send-off rule, you can go all Hacksaw Jim Duggan for a wrestling offence with a 2 by 4 and go out and smash 18 players in the head. They will not be able to play any more further part in the game because they've been hacksawed. Mm. And you, the game would have to continue because there is no send-off offence. You cannot stop play. You could probably stop the game because of ungentlemanly conduct. But what happens is the game finishes, and then the person goes to a tribunal and then gets banned. So there is no send-off so offence. Can't that boy just go, I'm sending off, that's it? No, there is no rule in the game to allow for a send-off. But, well, this is the thing. I could be I, wrong on that. I'm not an AFL. I reckon umpire. if someone actually, as you said, does Hacksaw Jim Duggan with a, a two by four and yeah. is belting people, um, well, one, he's quite resourceful. <laughs> yes. To be able to just find that and somehow get it onto the field and that costume without anyone noticing. Yeah. And then but what about a, if in a crunch game you, you decide to 
bring on your superstar 18-year-old ninja to, you know, Daniel, son, I don't to think, come in I don't and... I think ninjas have a place in the game. Well, they might be on the roster um, for the sole purpose well, they, of... They, they have to take those masks off. You can't <laughs> identify any one of them. True. That sort of thing. You'll have a number, though. But uh, I'll tell you why everyone's really angry with this. Why are they well, angry, Because he's such a young lad. And yep. also, there was this particular item, sports item, they did on the young on him getting selected and how oh, right. the family was and everyone's all happy and up yep. in arms. And then all of a sudden, you don't want to see a young lad like that getting belted and getting teeth knocked out, broken jaw. So everyone's pretty upset, I think. He's got to, got to eat through a straw for four weeks, apparently. That's how bad his jaw is. Uh, I'm, that's one thing I'm glad I've, I've never had the old broken jaw. It doesn't sound like no. fun. No, it definitely uh, isn't. Mate of mine had that. He got on a fight. Two guys punched him in the face Ooh. at the same time. At the same time? Different directions. Oh, that's yeah. nasty. Surgery, all that stuff. You don't you don't want to wish out on anyone. Look, hopefully the paramedics were there to uh, look after him. Certainly. Good on the paramedics. All right, well, if, he, if the paramedics were there looking after him, Perhaps he needed to see this guy afterwards. Ring my friend, I said you called Dr. Robert. Day or night, he'll be there any time at all, Dr. Robert. Dr. Robert. Well, actually, you were Dr. Robert in real life earlier. I was uh, probably a slightly more genuine one than what you're about to hear now. (laughs) Everyone pay attention. This is an idea that will lead you only to the top. Top of what? The top of everything. Glad you cleared that up. Play the bit. There can be only one. Cannot get fired up by hearing Freddy (laughs) smash that out. There's something wrong with you. Highlander. This is the Highland Dr. Roberts Highlander theory. Oh, yeah. Simply, there can be only one. And the only one was Christopher Lambert, the Highlander. Yep. Now, there's a code language in the Highlander. Is there? Yep. They fused the Scottish with the French. Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery. Oh, I remember Sean Connery in this, yeah. Two of the greats with very parallel acting careers. You know, it's you know, I mean, Sean Connery did James Bond. He did. Christopher Lambert did The Highlander. Sean Connery did The Untouchables. Christopher Lambert had The Highlander come out on VHS. Sean Connery did Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Christopher Lambert did Highlander 2. Highlander 2! Sean Connery did the straight, hunt for Red October. Straight to video. Christopher Lambert was just keeping himself busy with hobbies at home. Yeah. So, um, you know, very similar. But the truth was, Sean Connery, actually, he beat Christopher Lambert at acting. Really? He beat him. It's that, a competition. That's newspaper. Spoiler he, he, alert, he people. He came first. In the movie battles, Sean Connery beat beat up Christopher Lambert as an actor even though in the movie Sean Connery died and Christopher uh, Lambert didn't so die. Sean Connery wasn't in Highlander 2 
I think he was actually. <laughs> Prince of Darkness. Highlander 2, The Quickening. Oh, The Quickening. There's another secret undermeaning, though, to the Highlander. So you may ask, what do the Scottish and the French have in common? They both hate the English. Yeah. It was actually... So it was the three musketeers combined with Braveheart. Yep. In one big battle off, and there could be only one. The three musketeers combined with... I'm just trying to process <laughs> that in my mind. Three musketeers combined Don't with worry, Braveheart. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But there can be only one, Beefy. Listen to that. Yeah! yeah! Beefy, how many people win the Wimbledon singles tennis trophy? One. How many people win the World Bell Racing Championships, Beefy? (laughs) One, unfortunately. How many people see 312 sports in a year just for a laugh, Beefy? Just the one. Only one person (laughs) is mental enough to do that. That's right. There can be only one. This didn't make any sense. I love it. There can be only one. The world's biggest sports fan, according to Guinness. World record holder. In the only thing. That's all you took out of that. That's it. It's the only thing. There can be only one. Was it 312 or how many? 306. Oh, I gave you the world record. Anyway, yes. There can be only one, Rob. Yeah. There's only one Freddie Mercury. I, I, I can't handle any of these remake. Ones these we I don't I know Brian and Roger want to keep busy yeah John Deacon doesn't want a bar of it he doesn't does he and Adam Lambert oh is he Christopher Lambert's son wow there's a, there's something going on wow yeah what a twist that would it's be a Lambert fest Lambert's coming at you right all around the place and they're all just oh look the guy can sing he really oh, can yeah, but... he can hit any note effortlessly but no one has got Freddie's power. This. James Dean Bradfield would probably be the only one. Is he the guy that did the, the Manic stars Street in Preachers. your eyes? No, Manic Street Preachers. He's a phenomenal singer. He is pretty damn good at But I agree with you. There's not many people with that. Yeah, that one. This density and thickness, particularly when he was in, his, in the 80s, when he got a bit older. He could still yeah. get up, but he was just more yeah, rasp. Yeah. Very jealous. Barcelona. If there was one person in the world I wish I could sing like, it would be that. I'm pretty, I agree with you, actually. Because mm. it, it's a phenomenal voice. Could that, almost be Welsh. Oh, come on, mate. Oh, we're great singers. He's, he's actually, Tom. he's like, um, Tom, one of the greatest. Tom, yeah, Tom Jones and uh, Kelly. Kelly Jones. He's good. Lots yeah. of Joneses. Yeah, Gareth J- Jones. Gareth, <laughs> lots of other Joneses. Anyway, no, I agree with you, Roberts. Uh, fair enough. So there can be only one. That's it. Dr. Roberts said it loud and clear on the back of Christopher Lambert, the greatest actor of all time. And Adam Lambert, the best Freddie Mercury substitute there has been. Whatever. <laughs> well, Rob? Yeah. Do you want to be a world champion? Oh. I know. I didn't find out who the world dainty champion is, but anyway. We're
Where are you sending me? Stuttgart, Arkansas. 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 I went to Arkansas. Did you? Yeah. Little Rock. Did you go there? I went to West Memphis. West Memphis? Yeah, across the bridge. You're nice. in Arkansas. Bang. You's in Arkansas. Arkansas. That's it. We, we went there because have you ever heard of the West Memphis Three? No. The story of uh, three young men jailed. Right. Wrongly so. Basically, there was this horrible uh, incident with three young, uh, even small ch- children, infants, yeah. were, were murdered and raped and castrated oh, really? and all sorts of horrible stuff. And anyway, the, the crazy Christian town went mental and they blamed it on these three kids who were basically just like kind of emos who right. just like, kind of wore a bit of fingernail black yeah, yeah. polish and had dark hair and stuff and like Metallica and wrote some of the lyrics in the wall and stuff. So they just because of that, they just sort of said it's them. Right. And the police said, yeah, let's blame them. Wow. They're Satanists and all sort of stuff. And they got sent to jail for like 18 years. And, and they, they didn't do it? They didn't do it. Did they find the people that did? Nah, there's this... Oh. Suspicious that it's uh, one of uh, a stand-in sort of boyfriend, husband wow. type of cycle. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, so that's why we went to West Memphis. Basically, oh. there's nothing there. Oh, really? It's just dead. Is it Hick Town? Uh, is it like it's poor? Very poor. Is it like McDade, Texas, where we drove through thinking we were going to find yes, jousting? It is like that. And jousting was another twenty k well, down not the quite road. Like, it's still part of Memphis, so it's okay. Like, so yeah. it's still built up and. But it's pretty crap. Lots of churches. Lots of churches. Yeah, West yeah, Memphis, yeah. Arkansas. Yeah, crazy churches. Wow. Anyway, what else is in Arkansas is um, Max Prairie Root. Max Prairie Wings, which is not quite what you think. Chicken wings. Max Prairie Ring. <laughs> Prairie Rings. You try saying Max Prairie Wings quickly three times after having a few. Max Prairie Wings. Oh, you Kiwi see. You're all over it. Now, Max Prairie Wings is actually a hunting shop. Okay. Specifically for hunters. Yep. Now they're running. This is called the World Cut Down Championships. Who can, after you've caught a beast, run up a tree and cut down the rope fastest? That's that sounds great. Yeah. No. Like on Return of the Jedi. No. Uh, forget about it. Next. Carry on. Okay. Yeah. The World Please cut, explain. World Cut Down Championships. This is a championship where you get to make your own duck whistle and then blow it. To sound like a mallard. Mm-hmm. So you actually make your own decoy caller. Right. But what's that got to do with cutting down? Well, I think you cut down... Oh, from uh, a bit of wood. Yeah, okay. from a bit. And then you put a reed in it. And they judge the best sounding duck noise? That is exactly right. That's pretty subjective. I think you're right. Who uh, is the grand master of duck noise adjudication? Um, Elmer Fudd. Right. That, that's your first guess. Is it? <laughs> well, he it's was a, a... It's a cartoon character he that was chases a, a rabbit. He was a hunter, wasn't he? Was, he was a hunter. Most of his lines were scripted. So I'm not sure he had his own thoughts on that as much. And, uh, oh, God. What's, I'm going to play you. This is uh, a bit of... Um, fumbling about with here. Are you ready for some cut-down championship? I think you should switch us back live on air. Going off. Jesus, that's hurt my ears. So you have to make your own duck whistle. This is the. I, this just, is I the, understand that. Oh, sorry. You explain that. Going off this time, aren't you? I know that's actually saying that. It's like a pretty intense. Pretty he, intense he is gun. really intense. That's going to be destroying the speakers, man. Turn it down. Turn that down. 
Fair enough. How many people were into that then? Well, imagine listening to that crap all day. That would drive me nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh they're God. all the same. Okay, that, that's enough. I, I get it. That's what a duck right. sounds like. So I know what a duck sounds like. Actually, it says uh, the first year they only had 17 people. The second year they had 17 people. The third year they had 27 people. And uh, last year they had well over 50 people enter this yeah. championship. Okay, word spreading, huh? Word spreading about the World Cut Down Championships and in Stutt- Stuttgart, Arkansas held at Max Prairie Wings. And what phenomenal reward is on, on offer to Well, you, you these actually have to pay. Whopping increases in numbers. You actually have to pay $50 to enter to take the stand to do And then it was like sweepstakes. So once you no, win it takes the all. the top five win like they do a proportionate um, okay. pool. So so if there's 50 people at 50 bucks a time, that's $2,500. $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2,
We'll see you next week.